Thank you again for staying with us this afternoon. We are going to try to use as much of your time to the best that we can. And uh, if I can go ahead and get uh, uh, Andrea and John up here. We're going to continue with our yield discussion. Um, it's our last yield discussion of the evening. Go ahead. John's got notes. So does Andrea. Oh, no. We're gonna get, it's, it's good. Let me get you a mic. I usually have my the guys up here. They're they're helping me out. There's the green one. There you go. Um, this as our last yield discussion, um, we have, I would say probably two of the most busiest people probably in our church. Maybe somebody's busier. I don't know. Um, we have a full time mom, full time. I'm gonna mess this up. I, basically, I feel like she's a doctor, but you are a nurse practitioner. It's a doctor. Um, just go and put it there. That's, that's a lot of stuff. We all know nurses do everything anyways and, and doctors. So she's right there in the middle. So she does everything uh, on top of all that stuff. So full-time mom, full-time nurse practitioner. Pra practitioner? I'm not going to mess it up. I'm, I'm going to mess that up. And then John, you know, I... I do, I, I'm not really sure what I know that you travel a lot and you you do a lot of things that are um, high up. What what do you, what do you do, John? I, are you a spy? Uh, so I, I I'm a COO of a company that uh, we're across the nation. We have 700 employees and we buy about four or five companies a year. So we've I started with a company, we were 80 employees, so we've got 700 now. By the end of next year, we'll have 1,800 employees. Yeah, so a lot, a lot. Wow. That's, um, I, wow. Uh, thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. I'm, I'm still I'm still a little fuzzy on. And we have five children. Okay. Yes, five children. Yeah. Well, um, wow. It just seems like every, the whole session this morning about complaining about being tired, uh, and then we come to this last last yield discussion. I'm just like, why am I even talking? Like, why am I even complaining about how tired I am? But no, uh, he talked about it in session one. He talked about it again in session two. Um, but and we want you guys to share with us, like, with all the things that you do, all the things that you are over and responsible for, and the people that you're responsible for, and the lives that you help each and every day in, in many different ways. Like, like, how do you, how do you rest in Christ when there's so much to do? And Andrea, I'm going to start with you. How do you rest in Christ? How do you, how do you have time to, how do you find time to rest in Christ with all, everything going on? Okay, so I have notes. Um, anyway, so I thought when you asked me this question, um, I thought of three things that really stuck out to me as to how I can rest in Christ. And um, the first thing is we have to constantly remind ourselves of God's faithfulness so that we can get through this time that we're currently in. We have to constantly remind ourselves of years past, how he's faithfully brought us through each situation. And, and every time he's continued to bring us through, and here we are today. And um, the scripture reference that I thought of was Philippians 1 6. It says, He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And the second thing that I think about is um, 
God's goodness, and y'all have already said that several times today, but God is so good, and he desires good things for us. And um, I know that sometimes when we're going through certain situations, we really sometimes question, is this really good? Because it's hard, and it's painful. And, you know, we can get caught up in that, and and it, well, it's, it's hard to see his goodness sometimes. And so what I have had to do um, when I felt like things aren't really good and I'm really wondering how good his ways are, I turn to the scripture and I search his word to see his goodness in it and for him to prove it to me. But there were two verses that popped out when I was thinking about that. One is um, Psalms 34, 8 that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And um, Psalms 18.30 that says he's perfect in all his ways. Um, the third thing, so I talked about uh, reminding us of uh, his faithfulness and then his goodness. And then the third thing is God's sovereignty. And I probably should have started with that because if you don't believe and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is sovereign over every moment and everything, you may as well just throw it out the window. Because there are things that happen unexpectedly to us in life. And, and you know, we think, oh, gosh, you know, this, my day is, you know, a wreck. But God was sovereign over every single moment, every conversation, every interaction, every time that you've run late. There, there was a purpose for that. And um, I thought about um, <clears throat> Job. And I'm sure there are times that he questioned God's sovereignty, but the very last chapter in the book of Job, um, chapter 42, verse 2, Job is talking to, to the Lord, and he says, you can do all things, and your plans cannot be thwarted, and, you know, I found, I find rest in that, in knowing that I can't mess it up, I, no matter what I do, I can't mess it up, and there is rest in that, but, um, I know I'm doing something just a little different today, but um, when John asked me about to speak today, um, and it would be on resting in him, immediately this song came to my mind, and <clears throat> it's one that um, I've just held dear to for the last several years, and um, because it talks about God's goodness, and it talks about his ways being perfect, because sometimes it didn't seem that way, but we do have to remind ourselves that. So I'm going to let you hold it. Thank you. I'm going to be a mic stand. Yes, ma'am. In in singing that song, I just I just can't help but say, you know, what what he can't do is wrong, and, and knowing that he's perfect in all of his ways, rest can be found in that. 
and you know, good things are happening in my life and in John's life and in the other John's life and in y'all's lives. Good things are happening, and God is doing those things not just so we can have good things, but He's doing that and He's working it all together to build up His kingdom, and He's redeeming. He's redeeming people. He's making the sad things, the untrue things that that we we may not understand them now, but as time passes, we will see how these are truly good things, and there was a reason that some things had to happen, that um, he's redeeming his people. Anyway, thank you. Good job. John, I know your son. one of your sons loves playing drums, so I expect a drum solo uh, <laughs> to follow that. Not, John, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, so John had uh, sent me a text message about this uh, about a week ago and um, asked me to speak on resting in Christ. Um, so I, I really struggled with it. And then I looked to my wife and I said, John Blanton has asked me to speak in front of the church on resting in Christ. And the word rest is key. And so her being in supportive in the way she is, she looks at me and she says, I don't think you're probably the right guy to speak about right now. <laughs> <clears throat> true and I, I'll just be honest with you um, I, I struggled with uh, me getting here in front of these uh, front of you guys um, but I'll, I'll get around to that in just a second but because uh, I'm not a great great person to talk about rest I probably only sleep four or five hours um, a night I've been in emergency room three or four times over the last three or four years um, from stress panic attacks thinking I'm having a heart attack um, but just like I heard a man say one day, if you read scripture at one point in your life and you come back and you read it again, it can say two different things to you. It's just like I can remember my father speaking to me when I was a, a child and saying, son, don't do this, don't do that, don't go here, go do this with your life. I do it anyway, and it comes right, I come right back to me and say, God, if I would have just listened. Just like when we sit here and we listen to Cody and the other pastors about things that we want to hear or do with our life or things that we read in scripture that we still do it anyway. So I truly believe um, John asked me to do this because what God did in this situation is he drove me to my knees. He said, you are not resting and I am not resting in you. Um, and what it really brought out is I am truly not trusting him. I have a guy that I work with in Seattle, and we talk about things, and we say, we're going to go try to do this, we're going to try to do that. And he says, there is no try. You either are or you aren't. And I can tell you I'm not trusting in Jesus. Uh, I let the worry command my mind, the worry command my body, and I failed. So he drove me to my knees to repent, to say that I am not trusting in the Lord. So there's a piece of scripture here that uh, in, in my week of thinking about this, I even called Cody to say, hey man, I'm probably not the guy to, to speak on this. And he said, no, you need to speak on it. But in uh, 1 John 2, 
It ends this, uh, this first section here that says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way that he walked. So I need to be in prayer more often. I need to be in the scripture more often. And I need to be trusting in the Lord completely, not try, but completely. He has put me in places uh, this last year that the only way I could survive is for him to have choreographed those events. I can think about things in the last 10 years that only his hand has choreographed those events. And I'm in a situation right now where there's only what the way to survive is not through my effort, but it'll be through his effort. Um, in so many ways that we think that, oh, I'll do this or I'll do that, and that it's not ever going to come out only by his hand is the way it's going to going to be successful, but I'll just say the one thing I'll talk to Cody about is we all go through seasons of life, seasons of where we're extra busy, but he places us there for a reason, really probably to refine us so we will be more useful to him later on, and I can promise you I'm being cooked right now, so I'll be used in some other great ways, so hope that helps. Amen. John, man, you're not the only one. And I know uh, just sitting here listening to you, I've, I've been in the hospital twice myself with uh, what I thought was heart attacks were actually panic attacks. So there are several people in this room right now that are, that, have, that are struggling with the same things that you are struggling with, and they needed what you had to say, uh, both, both of y'all. Um, we, we have, we must rest in Christ. And, and God has been so faithful and so good to us that um, what other option do we even need to pursue? Um, I, I cannot I cannot stress this enough. There's a there's a book on the round table as you come in called Gentle and Lowly. This is probably one of the best books I've read this year, um, and and I highly recommend it. You, like pick it up and take it home with you and read it. Read the words that are on those page and rest in Christ because His mercies are more than you could ever imagine and he loves you so much and so take that read that apply that to your life and, and rest in christ um thank you guys so much thank y'all uh we're going to enter into a time of uh, just silence um as we uh petition as we as we pray on petition and, and uh keith uh if you want to go ahead and make your way up here There are so many things, there are so many needs um, that God meets each and every day for us, and we are find ourselves oftentimes ungrateful and unthankful for them. There are needs of the saints, needs in our church, needs of the people in our church uh, right now that, that we can be fulfilling and that we can be doing and and. We miss those a lot of times because we, we are too busy in our own lives and not focusing on what God has called us to, to serve others and to, to be with others uh, in their time of need. And so uh, we're, gonna, we're just going to dwell on that here the next 30 seconds or so. And then, of course, Keith is going to lead us in, in prayer as we, talk, as we go into our last session. So I invite you now just, just to rest in the silence and pray and ask God, what, 
what do you need me to do right now? Let's enter into a time of silence. Heavenly Father, there are so many needs in this room, God, needs that uh, that burden us, needs of our families, whether they're rich or poor, our emotional needs, Father, I pray for uh, every need weighing, weighing us down this morning here in Iron City specifically. God, as I, as I thought about abiding in you uh, this morning on the way to church, thinking about having to pray for our needs, I find myself not being able to abide in you for my own needs. God, thinking my needs are trivial, that they don't matter to you, because there are so many more people in this world that need more than I do. God, I'm thankful for a church cares about me. God, I'm thankful for a church that is willing to abide in you. God, our biggest need this morning uh, is you. Biggest need this morning is strength to abide in you, to let go of our worries. God, would you give us wisdom in our families and in our jobs to live for you where you have us? God, there's a reason why we're in Iron City. We're, there's a reason why we work where we work. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom and strength to, to abide in you throughout our days, to rest in you so we might extend that rest to others. God, I pray for, for strength to persevere. God, to read your word in season and out of season. God, I pray that your word would find its home in our heart so that it might overflow in our lives. God, I pray for the strength to serve others so we might find rest in serving others. God, I pray that for the beginning and the ending of our days, God, I pray that you would give us strength to, to rest in you and not to look at your word as a burden as I often do. God, I pray for our pastors uh, that they they even put this on, God, I pray that that they would find rest in in us as a congregation. That we pray for them, that we love them, and it's not just them who pray for us and love us. God, thank you for being a God who serves us through others. God, thank you for the encouraging words that Andy has brought to us. God, I thank you for your word most of all that we all get to share it together, read it together, love it together worship you together. God, I pray for the needs of people outside of this room. God, the poor of this world, God, I pray that we would not forget them. God, I pray for our brothers and sisters that are being persecuted right now. God, even some being put to death. God, I pray that for them, I pray for their families, for the grief. God, I pray for the strength 
that you would be with them as you were with Stephen and you were with Paul. God, I pray that if we ever are put in those situations, uh, that you allow us to be to glorify you in those ways. I pray, God, for strength that we would not deny you. God, that we would just fully accept your love and, and your will. God, many times this morning we've heard the word sovereign, and God, I pray that we would rest in your sovereignty, rest in your full control. God, what we really need this morning is to be reminded that you are God and we are your creation and that uh, we need to rest in you and, and live for you. I pray, God, for that strength and that wisdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Please welcome Andy Frazier back to the stage for our last session. Thank you, guys. Thank you for sticking around after lunch. I appreciate that. Um, first, let me just say I thank God for your church and your leaders here, uh, Cody and Andrew and John. Uh, what great guys God has put here to serve you and lead you so well. And since you just had lunch and since you've put a lot of trust in me at this point, I'm going to put some trust in you. So I'm going to ask everybody to take their shoes off and we're going to do some trust falls. I'm just joking. Just joking. So, um, I want to be aware of the time that we have. And uh, I know we don't make good decisions when we're tired or we're hungry. So one of those has been taken care of. So you're going you're gonna to be okay. You're not too hungry. But some of you may be tired. I'm hearing stories today of people who, uh, man, it's just burned my heart to hear how the world has treated some people, how we have treated ourselves. But I'm thankful for the grace of God that, that helps us through those things. Um, we don't make good decisions on our own, do we? Uh, as a matter of fact, I heard one of my favorite pastors preaching on marriage one time. He said God knew what he was doing when he put Adam and Eve in the garden, when he gave Adam the gift of the helpmate Eve. He knew men needed adult supervision our whole lives, right? <laughs> it's very true. We don't make good decisions on our own. We don't make good decisions when we're hungry or we're tired. <clears throat> but the best decision you will ever make is to daily resolve to trust Jesus. I was counseling with someone recently about uncertainty of their salvation. They had an experience when they were a child, and the experience went something like this. All right, everybody, if you want to accept Jesus and go to heaven, come to the front. And for those of you who want to go to hell, that's up to you. But for those who want Jesus and want to go to heaven, come up here. Who's going to stay seated on that kind of invitation, right? You're going to look like a loser sitting in your seat. So he came forward with him and his 27 best buddies. They got, all got baptized and uh, then they disappeared. And he struggled with, was that decision real? And we walked through that and I told him, Salvation is not just a one-time decision you make. It's a daily decision you make. Now, it doesn't mean you get saved daily, but it means you're living out that salvation daily. Trusting in Jesus. There are days we are more exhausted than other days, right? 
There are days that are better than other days. There are days that are not so good. Jesus, who calls us, and as much as I want to go back to Matthew chapter 11, we're going to look at a couple other passages of Scripture, but Jesus who calls us, this gentle and lowly Jesus who beckons us to come to him, find rest in him, receive his yoke, his burden, is the same Jesus that you can trust day after day after day after day. And what I wanted to do in the next few minutes is to kind of unpack what we've talked about in a practical way so that you can take away some things from here that hopefully you can trust Jesus every day with, that he can help you with, some things that we're going to work on together. I've been to conferences and left, heard all the keynote speakers and gotten the notebooks and the -the fill-in-the-blank sheets and had good conversations and then put the the binder or the notes on my shelf, never to touch them again, never to think about what we discussed, talked about, or what we learned. But something like this is a much different experience. You're not going off somewhere. You're here with your church family. So let me encourage you. If you're in a D group with somebody or a small group with somebody or at the table with somebody as your friend, spend some time this week or the next couple of weeks talking about what we've learned from God's Word today and asking somebody, hey, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with trusting Jesus and resting in Jesus? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So we don't do things very well. We don't make good decisions when we're exhausted. If you've ever seen one of the greatest movies ever, ever on the big screen, Billy Madison. Just joking. It's not a terrible movie. It's terrible. Uh, But it's an Adam Sandler movie, if that tells you anything. You either love him or hate him. There's nobody in between. But there is this scenario where Billy has to go back to school and go from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade in just a matter of a short period of time and pass each grade so that he can get the approval of his dad and and have the ability to run the company. And uh, it's, it's hilarious. There's so many funny things in that movie. But one of the scenes is Billy is in kindergarten, And the kindergarten teacher basically kicks all the kids out. I don't mean just to go have recess or play. I mean, she has Miss Libby time, is what she calls it, you know. And Happy accidentally walks in the classroom, and Miss Libby's having Miss Libby time, and she's dancing like a hippie and eating glue, okay? It's hilarious. And I think a lot of times that's kind of our life. We, We kick people out of our lives because we're exhausted. We make bad decisions. Hopefully you don't eat glue. Hopefully you don't. But we make bad decisions, and we think the things that we can do to kind of nurture our fears and, and kind of help our, our, our anxiety a little bit and, and maybe kind of gloss over and cover just a little bit of our, our exhaustion and mentally and emotionally, we're, we're, we're unstable at times, and we just kind of deal surface levels with those things. And we think everything's going to be okay. After just a little bit of time, you can just go back to life as normal. And that's not how life as a Christian works. Every single day is an opportunity to trust Jesus. Every single day. He has new mercy and grace every day. If he blesses us with the ability to wake up tomorrow, we have new grace grace and mercy, new opportunity to trust him. So making bad decisions from being exhausted or hungry or upset Just like you heard earlier, the best thing you can do is to start your day out abiding in Jesus, resting in him, trusting in him. So 
Here's three things that we're going to look at this session as we close. Three words. Discipline, Sabbath, and abiding. Discipline, Sabbath, and abiding. Now, the reason we're looking at these words is they're important. I'm not talking about discipline like, you know, kicking your dog because you're mad at him for doing something wrong or spanking your child, uh, which I still believe is appropriate at times. I'm talking about the kind of discipline it takes to daily take Jesus up on his offer to trust him, to give him your burdens and take on his, to intentionally, with discipline, to do the things it takes to grow in your trust in Jesus. So we're going to look at God's word for some real practical ways through discipline that we can Sabbath and we can abide. <clears throat> Scripture's full of examples of tired, exhausted, worn out people. Have you noticed that? You know, I've heard people say, Scripture's this big story about us. It's not. Genesis begins, in the beginning, God. And the whole story is about him. Our part is not so good. I don't know if you've noticed that. Scripture's full of people who are just as messed up as you and I are. Some of those people are exhausted. They make bad decisions. But by his grace, God lends them help, shows them mercy, despite their stupidity, okay? Despite their immaturity, their arrogance, despite their past record of bad decisions, God blesses them. Think about Moses. He was tired, right? I mean, think about all the complaining Moses heard. A lot. Moses was helped by his father-in-law Jethro on how to administer justice. Moses was helped by Aaron and Hur, literally, physically lifting his arms up to sustain him physically to help them win the battle. Moses was a person we can look to and see he wasn't perfect. He was exhausted at times and made bad decisions in his impatience and exhaustion as well. Israel as a whole, hiking around the desert. Think about how tired they were. Think about how many times Moses heard, are we there yet? <laughs> right? Or haven't we passed this rock and this bush and this brook before? Right? All the complaining, can we go back? All the complaining, can we trust God today to provide for us? And he did, didn't he? Moses was tired, Israel was tired. Think about Elijah, think about David. Both of those had something in common. Both of them were downcast and discouraged, running from their enemies. Imagine how exhausting it is to literally be on the run for your life. None of us have probably never experienced Anything like that. And then you think about Jesus. Do you know that Jesus got tired? Have you ever thought about that? Listen, Hebrews says, He was tempted in every way like we are, yet without sin. Don't you think Jesus was hangry in the desert after 40 days? I mean, if it had been 2021, Jesus might have been tempted by Satan. Don't you want a Snickers instead of turning this rock into bread, right? 
Jesus was tired. Jesus was tired in the boat with the disciples crossing over the sea. He was taking a nap. And he stood up after they probably were scared to think, who's going to wake Jesus up? Is it going to be you? Is it you? No, it's me. It's you. They probably had to draw straws to see who's going to wake Jesus up from a nap. Jesus was tired. Jesus got tired. Think about Jesus on the cross. He was tired. He had been beaten to the point where he couldn't be recognized, carried across, up Calvary, nailed to that wooden, this, this awful, despicable symbol of punishment with a crown of thorns on his head, suffocating. Jesus knows exhaustion and tiredness to the extent that you and I never will. And yet he asks us to come to him and receive his rest. That's good news. So it takes discipline. It takes intentionality every single day to reset your mind and to go to Jesus. So here's what we're going to do real quick. We're going to look at some patterns in Scripture. We're going to look how this helps us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. God has given us a great plan. And if we will follow his plan, don't you think we will be better off? When we veer off his plan, many times it's because we are dealing with heavy burdens, exhaustion, frustration, impatience, and all of those go hand in hand. First place I want you to look is Hebrews chapter 4. And here's what we're going to do for just a couple of seconds, okay? Speed read through this. I'm not going to read it out loud. I'm just going to point out a couple of verses. I want you to read Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 13 real quick. Take just a second and scan through that, and then we're going to talk about it for just a minute. Here's something awesome that's taking place right now. You are practicing a discipline. Do you notice how everything focused in on God's word when you took just a few minutes to read it? The author of this divinely inspired word has just met with you to help you read, understand, and know how to apply this. Isn't that fantastic? So discipline means reading God's word. If you want to trust God daily, read God's word daily. You will hear God's voice daily. It's a light into our path. It guides our steps. Here, let me point out a couple of verses to you. The writer of Hebrews says in verse 4, For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, They shall not enter my rest. That's the people of Israel who had defied God and been rebellious. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, 
that's God's rest, who formerly received the good news, failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day. Today, saying through David, so long afterward. In other words, already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. God is saying every single day. If you want to enter into his rest, it takes discipline. Verse 8. Or verse 11. Let's just skip down. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest. That is the rest from your works. In verse 10. Let us strive to enter that rest. So that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. We're speaking of rest and Sabbath specifically here in Hebrews chapter 4. God gave his people a mandate, okay? A command. This was not some person interpreting scripture and applying extra biblical requirements of someone. This is God's word. We read it in the Ten Commandments. Sabbath. Set it apart. It's holy, right? But God is saying there is a rest associated with Sabbath rest that can only be found in this kind of discipline. God is saying rest in his finished work. That's what he's saying. Now, if we think about God for just a second, okay, this is a big picture, okay? God does not need to rest. So why did God rest? Because at the end of creating everything, he said, it's good, it's good, it's good. And on the sixth day, after he made man, he said, it's very good. He's showing his approval of everything that he has done and putting it on display. But he's also showing a pattern for us. Work is good. But work is not a good God. Discipline is good, but discipline that leads to godliness is better. Daily, working yourself to death and being exhausted, you're going to make bad decisions. But daily trusting in Jesus and abiding in him, you're probably going to be more prone to let him make your decisions. In this simple phrase, if you've never heard this before, We as Christians, work, our work is from victory, not for victory. We don't have to work for anything. God has done all of that for us. We are not creators. We are not sustainers. We are not sovereign. You guys have used that word today. And we are not saviors. God is. And since he has done that for us, it takes discipline to work from that. Just like Sabbath is meant for our pendulum to swing from rest to work. We work from our rest. And we work better working from our rest. And if you don't, the pendulum will swing so far that it will swing back violently and you will have to rest from your work. Does that make sense? It takes discipline. 
Here's what I mean by that. Patterns of Scripture, Sabbath, God's expectations, daily discipline. Here's some practical ways this works in our lives. First, take care of yourself. I've got to do this in four minutes. I'm going to try real quick. Okay, It's going to be like machine gun. Take care of yourself. If you've ever flown an airplane, they tell you as a parent, first put on your oxygen mask before you can put on your child's, right? Listen, you cannot help anybody drink from the living water Jesus has to offer if your well's running dry. Take care of yourself spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Be disciplined. Be intentional. Second thing. Work out of God's rhythms for us the way he created us. Sleep, rest, eating, relationships, working. All of those things work best according to God's word and the rhythm and pattern he has created for us. Listen, when we use these rhythms God's created for us, we are not only more productive, we're just happier. We have less burdens. We glorify him with a life that is used and lived rightly with discipline. Third, do not work from your own strength. You hear me? What does that mean? That means understanding that we are limited and finite. And the power of the Holy Spirit God has given to us is unlimited and infinite. Lean on him. Like bookends for your life. Lean on the finished work of Christ and work from that. And lean on the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. And those will keep you on track. But it takes discipline. Work from the strength God has secured for you. You can't save yourself. You can't keep yourself saved. Christ has done that for you. That fuels us. So find things that stir your passions and affection for Jesus and point you back to him and what he's done for you and press you up against the empowering work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Do not neglect the ongoing daily relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. We want to work for God, do things for Jesus, but it takes having a relationship with him that makes those things work right. Think of Mary and Martha, right? One of them was busy doing all kinds of stuff, and another was sitting at the feet of Jesus. That takes discipline, believe it or not. We need genuine community. We need brothers and sisters in Christ. We need both encouragement and accountability. And it takes self-discipline to submit ourselves to that. We need people to speak truth into our lives. Ignoring these things will leave us exhausted and making bad decisions. Ignoring these things will cause us to burn out, will cause us to be discouraged, frustrated, and seek help or hope in places that's not healthy. Rest in Jesus. Here's the last thing I want you to do this morning. John chapter 15. Open your Bibles there for just a second.
this day has been tagged abide, right? You see the principle of Sabbath setting aside time to honor God and to rest from our work takes discipline. But abiding in Christ takes discipline too. It takes intentionality. Listen to these words in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Not only will this be encouragement to us, but it'll be a challenge to us. I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you see that? If we work for victory, we can do nothing. If we work from victory, we can bear not just some fruit, but much fruit. If we abide in Christ, that is this intentional daily discipline of seeking to get from him all that we need and relinquishing control of our own lives, trying to think that we can give ourselves what we need. If you abide in Jesus, let me say it this way, unless you abide in Jesus, you will spend the rest of your days exhausted and making terrible decisions. That's what I want to encourage you in. Abide in Jesus. Rest from the work and from the rhythms of work and rest in God's work. Rest in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. It's worth it. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this time, for your goodness, for your grace. And Lord, I pray for every person who's here today, Father, that we would do what your word says we are to do. Help us to rest in Jesus today. Amen. Amen. Has Andy been an encouragement to you guys today? Brother, thank you so much for coming. I love you so much. And, uh, man, it was an honor to have you share with us today. And I thank all of you uh, for just being here and seeing this thing through from start to finish. It's been great participation all day long, and I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. And so if you leave today and you think, okay, well, I've got to do all these new things, you've missed it. Here's what we're calling for you to do starting this week. Be. Be. We, don't, we, don't, we have so much to do, we never just stop to be, to be for a while. And we, we're always depleting, 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 pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And eventually you get to the bottom of the well, right? 
the whole thrust of the Abide Summit, the whole thrust of what Andy is saying is discipline yourself every day to just be in Christ. To just be in Christ. And when you, when in the Christian life, that doesn't mean there's nothing to do. There's always things to do. Doing comes out of being. Doing comes out of being. So brothers and sisters, this week, today, we, we've tried to, to build in silence. That's being, right? Build silence into your life. Praying. It's being. Just time every day, you and the Lord Jesus, so that he can pour into you. And then, I promise you, you're a better husband, you're a better wife, you're a better parent, you're a better employee. You're, you're all of those kinds of things because you've sorted out your identity that morning with Christ before you got into the fray. Being, not doing. And so we don't we don't have any instructions that there's nothing is there something we have to do well before you be there's things to do um, <laughs> wasn't that awesome um, we are gonna have I want to say this gentle and lowly the the there's a there's a book called gentle and lowly and I pass it on to John because it so deeply impacted me and I think it had the same response. They actually gave away, the, the company had a donor that gave away significant numbers, and we were able to get 100 copies of, of that book, and we have them in our lobby, and they cost the church nothing, and they're going to cost you nothing, okay? And so this is what I would ask, maybe just get one per household um, on your way out. I read it as a devotion in the morning, and it's really just a long, deep look at Jesus, and the, the only description that we have of the heart of Jesus throughout the entirety of the Gospels is that phrase that he is gentle and lowly. Isn't that an amazing thought? The judge of the creation, and his, he's described as being gentle and lowly. And it's a long look at that, and I would just so, so, so encourage you to uh, do that. All right, John, what's our instructions? So we do have a banquet this afternoon, um, and we need the two sections on either side, those tables to be taken up and chairs to be set out. But that's it. That's all we got to do. So you leave the tablecloths. Uh, lead the decorations. By the way, the ladies did these uh, this this past week. They did a fantastic job. They went above and beyond. So thank them as they as you head out. They'll be uh, in the kitchen and cleaning up and different stuff like that. They have done a fantastic job. So uh, thank y'all so much. They're even cleaning up right now. So uh, thank them and of course uh, help us if you can with the tables on the side. Go All get right. your children first though. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, church family. You are dismissed. Abide with Christ.